Welcome to the All Nations Aurora podcast, where you will find family, discover purpose, and change the world. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will speak directly to your life through this message. So for the last few weeks, we have been in a pretty dope series that we're calling God's Prosperity Plan. Has anybody learned anything so far? That's good. That's good. Everybody else is offended. I got it. We called it God's prosperity plan because we didn't want you to think that it was something that we created. All month, we've been going to the scriptures to see what God has to say about our personal finances. Because he has a lot to say about it. And I think that it's important in the same way that we go and see what his word says about faith or prayer or healing we should also go there to find out what he has to say about how we handle our money because we want every part of our life to line up with his scriptures would you agree hey I said Treadwells how y'all doing y'all give it up for elder and doctor Treadwell over there that's an earned that's an earned doctorate by the way Thank y'all for coming. Um, it's important to God that you handle money the right way because he has a kingdom agenda that he is executing on the earth. I know that some of us think that the whole goal of church and Christianity is to get to heaven. But believe it or not, he has a whole lot for us to do on this earth first. Because he could have just, after salvation, brought you on home and been done. But there's a reason that after you surrendered your life, you yet remain here on this earth. Because he has a plan for this earth and he wants to use his sons and his daughters to execute that plan. And a lot of that plan has to do with money. That's like a bad word in church, right? Money. Money. All them preachers want is money. Some of them do, but most of them. Most of us love Jesus. And most of us love the people that Jesus has sent us to shepherd. Most of us are not crooks. Most of us are shepherds who put our lives on the line for the sheep. And that's the truth. And so as a shepherd, I want nothing but the best for you all. Your other pastor, y'all favorite pastor, Pastor Ty, wants nothing but the best for you all. That is our whole agenda, is that we want God's best for you. And so there's a couple of scriptures that we've been anchoring this entire series on. Uh, the first one is Genesis 39 and 3, where we find ourselves in the midpoint of the story of Joseph. And he's currently a slave at this point. But the work that he does and the results that he yields in the midst of this adverse situation, in the midst of this imperfect situation, is so outstanding that a man named Potiphar, a man who does not know Yahweh, 
an Egyptian recognizes Yahweh in his results. We should be so full of outstanding results in the work that we do that people who don't know Yahweh should see Yahweh in our results. This scripture says, and his master saw that the Lord was with him. This is a Lord, L, all caps, L-O-R-D is translated Yahweh, God, the Father. Who he did not know, but he saw this God who he did not know in the effort, in the work, and in the results, financial, that Joseph produced. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Can I say something controversial without you being offended again? We can't be as impactful as we're supposed to be to the world if all of us are broke. Are you okay? I'm just trying to show you through scripture that a man who knew nothing about Yahweh saw Yahweh in the work that Joseph did, which brought prosperity. Brought so much prosperity that people around him had to pay attention. The thing about Joseph was he wasn't doing it for selfish gain. He decided within himself that in this adverse situation, he still represented Yahweh. And so he was going to work. He was going to toil and labor and strategize as though he represented the great I am. When you go to work, who do you represent? When you gossiping? When you fashionably late every day? Look how quiet it got, baby. Who are, on, who are you on your job representing in the work that you do? in the effort that you put out and in the results that you bring. There was a second verse since that one offended you. We'll move to James 1 and 4. It says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And we keep reminding you of the fact that you never have to persevere through anything that's lovely. Perseverance is only a requirement for things that we don't like. Things that we're not naturally inclined to do. And the Apostle James is saying that when we decide that we're going to persevere through the things that may be uncomfortable, but they're things that are required of us, we become mature. We grow. We develop. We become something more than what we are currently. And so we are giving you all month things that you have to do that's going to require perseverance. But what we're saying is on the other side of your perseverance is maturity. If we're honest, some of us lack maturity in this area. We excel in a lot of things, but when it comes to this money, 
We're a little trash. That's why it's a struggle for you to give. Because you lack maturity in this area. I'm not saying you're immature. I'm saying in this area, you may lack some maturity. And to gain the maturity that you need in order to become all that God wants you to become, you're going to have to persevere. That means you can't just dabble. You can't just stick your toe in and stick your toe back out when the water get a little too warm or a little too cold or a little too uncomfortable. You say, you don't know, never mind. Because what's going to happen is 12 months from now, you're going to be like, dang, I should have listened. Because time is going to keep moving. Your legacy is going to continue to be created. But what type of legacy are you creating? Are you going to continue to regurgitate lack? You're going to keep passing the lack baton that was passed to you? You're going to keep running the struggle relay race and pass it on to the next generation? Or are you going to persevere, become mature, so that you can change the trajectory of your lineage and your legacy? These are all personal choices and personal decisions. You need to understand that money's not evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. Hey, Christian, you need money. Hey, Christian, you have bills. But guess what? You also have talents and abilities and business ideas and ministry endeavors that you can't do because you broke. Hey, Christian, you need money. And you need to know what your Bible says about how you should handle it. I want you to write this down. And I want you to keep it close to your heart. Anytime somebody tries to talk you out of the things that you're supposed to do biblically with your money, tell them this. Money makes a terrible master. But it makes a fantastic servant. Money makes a terrible master. It's like we want to stop right there and have nothing to do with money because we don't want pride or greed or anything like that to settle in our hearts. And that's true. But hey, Christian, you need money. So you need to make money your servant. You need to bring discipline to yourself and how you interact with your money so that that tool, because that's all money is can serve the purposes and the plans that God has deposited in your heart. You can't do it broke. Or you'll just keep showing up to Sunday service yelling, I received that. At some point, you should receive it. So we're going to look at another passage of scripture and we're going to keep the conversation moving. In week one, we talked about the talented 10th and the power of giving it. And what we ascertained is the fact that if we are biblical with the 10%, that it has biblical implications on the other 90%. That if we show God that we trust him with this 10, 
He shows himself strong in the 90. And it's biblical. So if you've missed any of these messages, go to the All Nations Aurora YouTube channel or the All Nations Aurora podcast. We are building on top of each other. And then in week two, we kept the conversation going because it's not just enough for us to give and think that's the magic pill. That's where the prosperity gospel came in when they said that if you give, then you can just step back and wait for the windows of heaven to open. He's going to pour you out. No, you got some work to do. The giving was step one. And then in week two, we did a message called Loose Change. And we talked about several different areas of your finances that you needed to tighten up in order to follow God's prosperity plan. And you had some homework to do. And I know 20% of y'all did it. See how quiet? I know I'm accurate when they that quiet, baby. (laughs) So we're going to keep the conversation going because one Stacks on top of the other. This is God's prosperity plan. This is the plan that my beautiful wife and I followed. That we know works. It's how our net worth went from negative $30,000 to over seven figures. Because we went to the Bible. We didn't go to a financial planner. There's nothing wrong with financial planners. But we went to the Bible, found out what it said, and followed the plan. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, just follow the plan. We're going to Luke 14 today. Luke 14 today. NIV version. Luke 14, starting at verse 28. Luke 14, starting at verse number 28. NIV version. If you got it, say, I got it. All right, Android, you got two more seconds. Luke 14, 28 says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough prayers? Is that not what it says? Oh, let me read it again. I'm sorry. My glasses might be a little. To see if you have enough faith. Hold on. Let me bite my glasses. Let me try. Let me try this again. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money? Oh, to complete it. Okay. Verse 29, for if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, the person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Today, I'll be talking to you from a topic, dollars and cents, dollars and cents. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we honor you because you are perfect in all your ways. We know that your plan For our finances is way better than any plan that we've come up with thus thus far. So we need you and we surrender to you right now in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. Dollars and cents. And if you notice, the word is spelled S-E-N-S-E. Cents. 
Because a lot of us lack common sense when it comes to our dollars. A lot of us have dollars, but we have no sense. So then we end up with no dollars. I'm not unfamiliar with this. I'm not judging you. I remember it like it was like it was yesterday. And it was not yesterday. It was a very long time ago. I had just gotten off work. Tired. Ready to go home. Um, but I needed some gas to make it home. And I remember pulling up to this gas station, opening it up, the gas tank, walking over to the gas pump. And before I pulled out my debit card and put it into the gas pump, I had to say a prayer. No, I did. Because I wasn't quite sure where I stood in my bank account. But I knew I was cutting it close. And so I prayed to the Lord, Lord, please don't let my card get declined so that I can get enough gas to get home. But here's the thing. I wasn't unemployed, Jamie. I wasn't. I didn't have a job. I had a career. There's a difference. I mean, I had a salary. Health insurance. Huh? Dental insurance, okay. Little investment account. I had all the things that come with a career and a salary. But here I was praying to God that my debit card doesn't get declined. Why? Because I had dollars and no cents. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And because I had dollars and no cents, I often ended up with no I made it home that day by God's grace. But it caused me to pray another prayer. I said, Lord, it was simple. Let me get to the point where I don't care how much the gas costs. Sometimes it just starts with simple prayers. I was tired of picking gas stations based on the price. That's not a big deal to you, I know, but it was big for me. You know why? Because I was tired. What I was going through financially made no sense. How can I be fully employed with a good salary, benefits, and still struggling? Still stressed out. Still full of worry. A little bit of self-hatred because as smart as I was, as intelligent of a young man as I was, all my test scores showed intelligence. But I couldn't figure this money thing out. That's frustrating. And that frustration led me to realize that I needed, I needed to make sense of my situation. But I found out I wasn't alone because I shared this with you before, it was 70% of American households live from paycheck to paycheck. 70, like Mike Epps says, 70 percent. How many of you know that's a lot of percent? How many of you know that's the majority of folks? And that includes all income levels. That means people that were just like me with good paying jobs didn't have it figured out. That means people just like me with good paying jobs 
still weren't making the right choices. They were still stressed out about their money. And then I found another stat. Um, talked about the amount of people uh, that prepare a monthly budget. 32%. How many of you know that's not a lot of people? How many of you know that's not the majority of people? And then I, I put the two stats together and it made a different picture for me. It showed something even clearer. That if 70% are living paycheck to paycheck and 32% use a budget, that's almost exactly 100%. So that means the people that decided to make a plan for their money, they ain't living paycheck to paycheck. And that was eye-opening for me. Because at that moment, I had no plan for my money. See, we don't have a problem getting money. Nope. We got a problem with keeping money. And the difference between those who are winning and those who are not winning financially is a plan. We need a plan for our money. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about dollars and cents because in order for you to experience God's prosperity plan, you need to understand both those words. And so I'm going to outline five quick things to you that you need for your dollars to be able to make sense. And it's really cool because I'm a former teacher, so I spelled out the word sense in each of my points. Isn't that nice? <laughs> so point number one, for your dollars to make sense, you need structure. If you remember on last week, we talked about when Jesus fed the 5,000. And Jesus could have just made some fish sandwiches appear to the people that was there. But what he told them was, first, sit the people down in groups of 50s and 100. What was that? Structure. And that structure made a way for the blessings to flow. But let's look back at the scriptures that we were talking about today. Luke 14 and the 28th verse says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Now, you could... You could take out that word tower and you could say family. You could say household. You could say business. You could say career. You could say ministry. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down? By the way, this is Jesus talking. And I think that when Jesus talks, maybe we should listen. He said, won't you first, 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 sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it. Won't you sit down first? Before you do anything, why don't you sit down? That's what the Bible, I'm just quoting the scriptures. Sit your tail down. Get away from Amazon.com. 
Sit down. Get away from Tarjay. Sit down. Some of y'all just need to sit down. And estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to commit. You know, in, in, in our faith, it's interesting. We don't really struggle with realizing that there's a plan for our salvation. <laughs> we surrender our life to Christ. We become justified. Then we enter into a process called sanctification. And then as a result of successfully going through sanctification, when we get in his presence, we become glorified. It's a, it's a process. No, I believe that, yes. No problem. I got enough faith to believe that, that there's a plan for me to get freedom from sin. I, I also, I don't have a problem believing that there's a plan for me to get free from demonic oppression. I, I know that, that I, could, I could pray into the situation. I could come out of agreement with things that have a hold on me. I can, I, I can call out demonic oppression and the word says that it's got to come out. So I believe that there are steps and a plan for me to get free from demonic oppression. I, I don't have a problem believing that. Then why do we not believe that there are steps and a plan to get free from poverty? Do we think that it's not biblical to talk about money, what God's plan is for money? Is it only because people have misused God's word when it came to money that we decided collectively we just ain't going to talk about it? But yet, Christians have no impact in society because we all, I didn't say it. You need structure to your finances. There is nothing random about God, so why are you operating randomly with your money? Here's what we do. We like to say that we believe in God for more. I'm believing God for a promotion. I'm believing God for a new job. I'm believing God for my businesses. I'm believing God for debt freedom. But what are you doing after your belief? When those dollars show up in your account, what are you doing with them? When those dollars are ready to be used, what type of foresight are you putting into those decisions? See, it's not enough for us to just come to God or come to church, pray a little bit, sing a little bit, give a little bit, and then act like we ain't got nothing else to do. That's why he said persevere. Because there is steps and a plan that you must follow for financial freedom to occur.
And financial freedom is your inheritance just like freedom from sin is. Just like freedom from demonic oppression is. It's your inheritance too. Do you read your Bible? These people have money. They have problems. They made some mistakes. They're imperfect. But these people have some money. And I don't think God changed his mind in 20 and 22. Like, I don't think that Jesus came, died, rose again, and he took all the wealth with him. He took all the wealth instructions with him. He took all the financial. He's like, you know, I'm, you know, you, you're good now. I think that the same laws and principles that he talked about from Old Testament to New Testament are present day instructions for us as well. And so that's why you need structure, because the Bible that you love and read with red letters said that you should sit down and count up the cost. That's what your Bible said. And so it's important that you have a budget. I know that's a bad word, too. Like you get uncomfortable with that word budget. So let's let's change it. You don't have to call it a budget. You can call it a plan. You need a plan for your money. Do you know why? Because these billion dollar corporations have a plan for your money. And he who has the best plan wins. All your favorites show up on Facebook. Come on, come on, let's talk about it. And these companies are not wrong. They're not evil. I have a business and I believe in my product. And because I have a business and I believe in, our pro in my product, I think you should know about it. So I'm going to pay a lot of money to put it in your face because I want you to have my product. And the only reason they keep spending billions of dollars is because they keep getting billions of dollars back from you. Because you don't have a plan. And so you're just emotional. And so all the things you like, not accidentally, not randomly, show up on your phone. Show up in your inbox. Show up in your mailbox at just the right time. This must be God. I was just praying about this. No, your information has been sold. Legally. Uh, Y'all okay? I'm trying to help. You didn't know? That every time you go to Tarjay and Wally World and swipe your card, that there's a file created on your spending habits? You didn't know? You ain't know Google was keeping a record of your stuff? You ain't know Facebook know what you like? You think it's accidental? You think it's the spirit, don't you? I didn't know. I was just, I was just talking with my prayer partner. Because Siri heard you. Alexa heard you. And here come Amazon. Because they have a plan and you don't. I'm trying to help. You need to have structure for your finances. Stop operating financially randomly. I used to do it. I used to look at my account 
a few days before the first. And whatever was in there, I felt like, hey, I got that to spend. Because on the verse, some more coming, pop. So what's the point of keeping this here when some more is coming? I had no sense. I had no plan. I had no structure. So you need to make a plan every 30 days for how you are going to handle your money. I went to war like an actual war. Not like spiritual war. I've been to a few of those too. But I went to an actual war in Iraq. And can I, can I help you? Do you know how foolish it would have been to step on a plane in Texas, Illinois, fly 16 hours overseas to Kuwait, get off the plane in Kuwait, get into our armored vehicles and cross the border from Kuwait to Iraq with no plan. Oh, we'll just figure it out when we get here. When the bullets start flying, I guess we'll figure out what to do. How foolish that would be. That's a recipe for disaster. It's also as foolish to show up into every single month of your life with no plan for your finances because you're in a battle too. These companies are not spending billions of dollars on you for no reason. They know you better than you know you because they've studied you. You haven't studied yourself. They have a clearer picture of your spending habits than you do. Why is that? Because you haven't done the work to put structure around your finances. You need a budget. And that's a biblical principle. Hello? It's in the Bible. And it's a part of God's prosperity plan for your life. It's like so bad I want to ask who has a budget in here, but I know that will not go well. So I'm not going to. So for those of you who don't have no budget, I'm going to give you a couple uh, apps you can check out. They're free. They have upgraded plans, but they have free versions. One is called Every Dollar. One is called Mint. You should take a screenshot of that because you're going to need to put structure around your finance. You're going to need to pick one of these two or something you like, and you need structure. Stop being willy-nilly. Why do we say willy-nilly, by the way? I don't even know what that means. But you need to stop being willy-nilly with your money. Like, was willy-nilly a person? I don't know where that came from. We need to stop being willy-nilly with our money. And we need to make a plan. We always tell people that you should make your plan before the month starts. You don't show up to war and make your plan once you are on the battlefield. You make it ahead of time. So around 27, 28, you need to be making a plan for next month's money. Because if you don't have structure, then you're leaving yourself vulnerable to the people that do have structure. Those companies have budgets and one of their budget line items is marketing. And they put money in marketing because a good marketing campaign will lead to great 
results for their company. And so you need to have a plan and structure around how you're going to use your money so that you won't keep getting used for your money. Sheesh, that was good. You need structure. That's point number one. Point number two, after structure, for your dollars to make sense, you need elasticity. You need elasticity. Remember the assignment that we gave you last week? We told you to go back and look at how you've been spending money. That's why I know only 20% completed it because it's such a painful exercise. Because you got to look in the mirror. You can't blame nobody else but you. And when you look, you see patterns. You see where your money's been going and how consistently it's been going in these different directions. And you use that data and that information to go into the structured plan that you're creating for your money moving forward. But you have to have elasticity in the plan. There has to be margin for error because you're going to get it wrong the first couple times you try to do it. You're going to overcompensate based on what you saw. Like, I can't believe I spent $2,000 at Target. That resonated with some of y'all. Oh my God. And so then you're going to overcompensate. Well, you know what? This month I'm going to spend $200. Now that's not even realistic. How you going for $2,200? You ain't that saved. And so you tend to overcompensate based on what you saw. And so you need to have wiggle room, especially the first couple of times that you try to do this. Because it's a new muscle that you're exercising. And if your plan doesn't have elasticity in it, it'll snap, it'll break, and you'll give up. Elasticity means the ability to stretch without breaking. The ability to stretch and return back to its original form. So you need to have realistic numbers. If you've been averaging $1,000 a month eating out, you can't say this month I'm only going to spend 100 That's not realistic. Great goal. But you setting yourself up for failure. Be realistic and tweak as you go. So slowly start to bring it back some. Number two, you need to have a line item in your budget, in your plan, called oops. Because you're going to try your best to think of everything that you're going to need to spend money on, and you're going to forget some stuff. You're going to forget about your great niece, cousin, best friend, birthday party. And now you got to go get a gift. You're going to forget. So there needs to be a line that says, oops. That's putting some elasticity in your plan. You're thinking about the mistakes ahead of time. That's why your plan needs to have elasticity. Proverbs um, 19 and 2 says, enthusiasm without knowledge is good, but haste makes mistakes. So some of you are like going to run with this. Like you get it. Like you know where you're at financially is not where you want to be. 
and you're hearing the word of God giving you instruction and you're going to have enthusiasm to run and, and, and put a plan into place. But if you go too fast, if you don't put some forethought into it, you're going to make mistakes. So don't just be enthusiastic. Be diligent. That's a word you're going to hear very shortly. Be sure that you're taking your time with this. Not that you're sitting still, not that you're doing nothing, because doing what you've been doing is getting you the results that you've currently been getting. So maybe you should try to do something different so that you can get some different results with your money. But do it carefully. Number three. So after you get structure, after you get elasticity, your dollars for your dollars to make sense, you need nuance. Nuance. Your plan is going to look different than your neighbor's plan. Your plan is going to look different than my plan because the plan is based on you. A lot of times people get into this and they try to implement this and they're so strict that it doesn't work because they didn't factor themselves into the plan. They just put bills. You should also have the things that you like to do in there. Not to the detriment of everything else, but if you have no fun factored into your plan, Felicia, not that much fun. But if you have no fun factored into your plan, you're going to give up. You're going to quit. You're going to fail. So you married folk need to have a date night category in your budget. It needs to be there. If you're not married, the things that are nuanced to you, there are things that you like, that you still want to partake in, that you don't want to just give up totally. Maybe you need to cut it back a little bit. But you don't necessarily have to give it up totally, but you need to make a plan for that too. You need to make a plan for the things that you like. You need to make a plan for every direction that your dollars go. You need to think about everything. You need to think about Starbucks. Come on, somebody. Not too much. Slow down. Slow down. But it don't have to be totally gone. Your plan needs to be nuanced to handle the things that you need to handle, but also incorporate the things that you like. The things that are enjoyable. That's how you have longevity in this process. We still went on vacation. We still kicked it. We still bought things that we like, but we planned for it. It was not random. When it was time to go on the trip, baby, we paid cash. Because we had the money for it. And we only shopped based on the money that we had set aside for the things that we like. So if you set aside a certain dollar amount for the thing that you like, stick to it. Don't go over it. Incorporate the fun. Incorporate the nuances that make you you. But remember, you have new goals in mind. So we're not going to Starbucks at the expense of getting out of debt. We're not going to Starbucks at the expense of having money to invest for our future. We're doing all the things that we need to do for our present and for our future financially, but we're also incorporating and planning for the things that we like to do. 
you need to have nuance in your plan. Here's some Bible for it. Proverbs 21 and 5. The plans of the diligent lead to profit. That's a financial term. That's not like Isaiah or Elijah prophet. That's P-R-O-F-I-T. Money! Your plan needs to be diligent. That word diligent is important. It means done in a careful and detailed way. Done in a careful and detailed way. So your Bible says in Proverbs 21 and 5, make sure that the plans are done in a careful and detailed way. And when you do that, it'll lead to profit. You need to have a lot of consideration into what you're doing. And the only way that you can have that diligence is to know that you're doing this for something bigger than yourself. This is a kingdom assignment on your life. We're all part of one kingdom and we all have a part to play. And if we all get our finances together, we can take the city. If we all get our finances together, we can take the region. So that when there is a need, when there's trouble, they say, let me go find the church. That's why we're here. We're not here to get rich so that we can just be rich. We're not here to build wealth just so we can have wealth. We're not here to prosper just so we can have prosperity. The point is the kingdom of God moving forward. That's why you have to be diligent in the plans that you're making. So the next one for your dollars to make sense, you need schooling. Because here's the truth. Some of us, 12 years of school, 16, 20, 22, 24 years of school, and ain't nobody taught us about money. All these degrees. Ain't nobody told us not to get that doggone credit card and run it up, run it up, run it up. Ain't nobody told us that we should be investing as soon as we can. Ain't nobody told us about no savings. Ain't nobody told us nothing. We just showed up 22 years old and started adulting. Just went for it. Well, I guess we figured out as we go. So, therefore, it's up to you to get the information that you need. You can complain about it. You can whine about it, but it ain't going to change. You still have to live. You still have to figure this out. So therefore, you have to do what you have to do to get the knowledge in your head. That's what I had to do. I didn't know what I was doing. I had money. I had a job. I didn't have sense, so I had to get educated. I had to start seeking out the information that was not given to me. That's what you have to do. 
That's a biblical principle, by the way. Proverbs 4 and 7 says, get teen wisdom is it's the wisest thing you can do. Wisest, meaning there's nothing higher. The wisest thing you can do is to get wisdom. So if you don't currently have wisdom when it comes to your money, the wisest thing you can do is not make more excuses, not shed more tears, but get more wisdom. We are in the information age. Did you know that? Wisdom and knowledge is available right on that computer in your pocket. You can go to YouTube right now and type in what you're struggling with. How to budget. How to budget as a couple. How to budget on an irregular income. Whatever you're trying to figure out, the answer is in your pocket. But you got to, Bible says, you got to get it. Did you notice that? It didn't say like it was going to be supernaturally downloaded into your spirit, man. It said the wisest thing you can do is to go get wisdom. If you've been struggling this long financially, why haven't you been going to get any wisdom on it? There it is. You hear that silence? Why haven't you gone out to get what's stopping you? What kind of excuse can you come up with in 2022? On not getting wisdom. My wife and I have been giving wisdom on YouTube and podcasts for eight years. For the free 99. What excuse do you have to offer to heaven on that great day? Well, they ain't tell me in school. I never had a class on it. The preacher just talk about tithes all the time. I didn't know the rest of it. None of those is going to work. Because information is absolutely, positively available. If you go get it. That's a heart posture. Too many Christians want handouts. Is that okay? We are standing like this. We have no pursuit. We have no accountability. We have no self-determination. All we have is a hand outstretched. And that's why we have an empty outstretched hand. We can't even give to nobody. We can't even help nobody. Because we haven't gone to get the wisdom that will change our situation around and put us in position to be blessed, to be a blessing. We have a part to play. Did you know that? You are a part of your own breakthrough. If you don't do the work, you can't get the results. My wife and I constantly fed ourselves with knowledge. I would find an article or a video, send it to her, she would find something, send it to me, and we would talk about it later, try to figure out how can we use that. We sought the knowledge. 
We didn't show up to the Lord with a prayer and an outstretched hand. We showed up with a prayer to seek his instructions and we followed the instructions. Can you do yourself a favor and don't just hear but do? Can you do your kids a favor and don't just hear but do? Can you do the kingdom a favor and not just hear but do? Do the work necessary. Did you know that they have free books at the library? Hmm? What's your excuse making, self? Did you know them books don't cost nothing? At the library? And all of y'all got a library? Don't none of y'all live on the moon? Knowledge is available. Go get your tail a library card. Start reading some free books and get yourself some knowledge. Donovan, can you bring me them books? I'm going to give some books to some people. Because um, knowledge is available everywhere. This is, this, is from, this is from me and my wife's personal bookshelf. Because we believe in this so much that we, we said, let's just, let's just reach in our own stuff and, and see, see who we can bless. Jonathan, you and Breezy, come here. Y'all hold this. Y'all hold this for me. This is y'all's. Y'all hold that. Yeah, hold that. Stay right there. Stay right there. Uh, uh, Christina and Kenyon, can you come here? You come over. You got to understand that um, you don't have to stay where you're at. Like, even if that's all that you have ever seen, like if it's all that you've ever known, like even if you're, quote unquote, doing better than everybody else in your family, but yet you're still not, you're still not at that optimal place that you should be, you need to know that you can have the more that's in your heart to have. If you surrender even this area to the Lord, he's concerned about your finances and you should be too. His word is not void of instructions if you go find it. He's even let a bunch of authors create blueprints that you can follow if you go read it. Knowledge is available if you decide 
to use it. Bridget. Make a decision like, yeah, I want what God wants for my finances. We're going to pray over them. And the impartation that's in their hands, because I actually prayed over those books before they were handed out. Here's the thing about when you um, when you're in a prophetic moment, you could celebrate somebody else's revelation and get it for yourself. So instead of sitting like, why, why the spirit ain't telling them to pick me? I know how to read. I like books. What you could do is say, Lord, what you're doing for them. All the oil that you're about to pour out on them. Could you do it for me? Stretch your hands towards them. Heavenly Father, you're amazing. You're mighty. You're majestic. You're all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-seeing. You have a plan for each one of these households represented here. A plan that was crafted before time began. In this moment, we're asking for you to jump right smack dab in the middle of their financial situation. We're asking for a special impartation from heaven that they become public examples of what happens when we surrender financially to you. Father, as they endeavor to do all that you have assigned for them to do on this earth, as they endeavor to put a new level of discipline into their finances for your kingdom advancement, we ask that you meet them in their effort, that in the areas that they are weak, that you make them strong, that every time the enemy comes in to try to discourage and dissuade them from doing the work that's set before them, that you remind them that greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. Father, show yourself strong that they become living epistles, walking testimonies of your favor and of your goodness. Father, let the world know through their lives and through their examples that you still make millionaires. Father, as they reach for you, as they strive toward the mark of the high calling that has their specific names on it, let them not grow weary. Let them not 
lose courage. Let them not lose their fight. But Father, let them run this race. Let them not stumble. Let them not falter. Let them not get off track. Let them not get distracted. Father, let them see you in this journey. Let them not see their friends. Let them not see their family. Let them see you. Father, make your voice crystal clear. Unclog the pathway from your voice to their heart. Remove anything that stands in the way of your words getting to their heart. Remove anything that stands in the way from your word being deposited in their spirit. Remove anything that stands in the way of your word taking root. Father, these are your sons and your daughters who you call to walk in wealth. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, let their discipline elevate as their financial standing elevates. Let their character elevate as their financial well-being elevates. Give them the character, the discernment, and the discipline to handle the weight of wealth and influence that you will deposit into their legacy. Father, let these be the ones that turn the entire family tree around. Let these be the ones that break generational curses and give birth to generational blessings. Let these be the ones who lean not to their own understanding, but in all their ways and in all their financial decisions and in all their financial choices, acknowledge you. Help them to, to see you. Woo! Help them to see you more than they've ever seen you before. And let the testimony of your goodness forever come from their lips. Let the testimony of your power forever come from their lips as recompense for everything that you're about to deposit into them from this moment forward. And all God's people said, it is so. It is so. And all by getting, getting, understanding. Now, I don't obviously have enough books to give everybody. I wish I could, but I don't. I got some books. But I don't have enough books. So what you all have is a library that y'all can go to. Raise your hand if there's a library in your city. I want you to be accountable. Raise your hand if there's a library in your city. So you are without excuse. You can go there today. They open on Sundays, huh? Say, what must I do to be saved? Or what must I do to get a library code? And get an understanding. 
my wife and I put some books outside, but we don't have enough for everybody. So we don't, we don't need the spirit of Absalom rising up. But there's some books out there from our personal library that I prayed over. And I hope that they give you an impartation. If you don't read books, don't go take a book. If you read books, you're not going to read the book that's out there. Don't take a book. Leave it for somebody else. I got one more point and then we're going home. So after you get your structure and your elasticity and your nuance and your schooling, the last thing you need is pretty important. For your dollars to make sense, you need execution. Proverbs 14, 23 says, all hard work brings profit. There's that word again. Not all hard prayers. Not all hard faith. Those things are requirements too. But all hard work brings a profit. But mere talk. Is that what your Bible says? Mere talk leads to poverty. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, oh neighbor, don't just talk about it, be about it. Because your Bible says that the work is what leads to the profit. If you just going to talk, you're going to get what you got. A lot of us, you know, we have faith. Faith the size of a mustard seed. Faith that can tell that mountain to move and it'll go. So we have faith for financial breakthrough. We have faith for financial freedom. We have faith for debt cancellation, but we have no work. And the problem with your faith not having work, according to the Apostle James, is that faith without works is dead. You have to do the work. I'll take it further. James 2 and 26. Let's say it this way. For just as the body without spirit is dead. Here's it. Like if your spirit leaves your body, you're dead. You're, you're not alive anymore. And he equates that to having faith, but having no action to back up your faith. Pointless. So I'm going to say it to you this time. Don't talk about it. Be about it. God has a plan for your prosperity. But it's going to take work. Effort on your part. Let's stand. I want you to know that my wife and I are not unicorns. Everything that God has allowed us to do, you can do. I've never once had a six-figure salary, still, presently, to this day. Never once. So more money isn't necessarily the answer. Some of y'all got good salary. I mean, them, that, that good government job. But what are you doing with it? How do we get all the way here with no six-figure salary? We followed the plan. We did the work. 
We persevered through the tough parts. You can do it too. You, hello, you can do it too. Do you believe that? I can't believe this for you. So have the faith, do the work. Because God wants you to have sense enough to handle the dollars that he's given you. Well, that concludes week three of God's prosperity plan. You got more homework. I hope this homework ain't stacking up on y'all. Some of y'all ain't did last week's homework. Sick of it. Get your homework done. Get your homework done. It's for your good. God has a plan for your money. Hey, listen, listen. Your plan ain't been working. Let's try his. Let's do the work. Let's close out in prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you came, sat with us, taught us, spoke to our very souls. For that, we are grateful to know that you would do such a thing for little old us as we endeavor to leave this place and to execute, walk out your plan for our finances. Can you please help us? We want to do it, but we need your help. We want to be all that you want for us to be, but we need your help. So as we surrender, meet us in the midst of this journey. Help us along the way. Be with us all week long. Speak to our hearts. Encourage us to keep close to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Tell somebody you love them. Don't just leave. Tell somebody you're glad that they came today. We love you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. For more ways to stay connected, visit us at allnationsaurora.com. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and change the world.